I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Both teams were really didn't turn the ball over 7-4 in a game like that is uh, incredible. You know, they can really shoot it. They didn't shoot it quite as well in Syracuse, 10, but they made 15 here. They they can shoot the ball. The kid, Allen, really hurt us. You know, we were worried about Nolly and Cone, but he really hurt us. I mean, he was five for six there. I mean, it was great shooting, great shooting. You know, we didn't shoot it like we need to from three. Six for 24, that's not usually good enough for us. Joe was good tonight offensively. He made a couple defensive mistakes, but I kept him out because Howard was getting the ball to people and doing a really good job. We got on a little run there, but uh, you know, Joe's Joe very important to us. When he's out, they just sent that double team at Elijah, and you know, we can't score in that other position, so we had to get Joe back in there just for the threat. Now they're not going to send the double team. You know, Marek is a key guy for us. You know, he had 11, 11, you know, two assists. He breaks pressure for us. Uh, you know, he's he's played great. I think, I mean, we're getting better as a team from where we were in the beginning of the year. Actually, a lot better than we were in the beginning of the year. But our defense is better, which you expect. You're playing two junior, three juniors two, and three freshmen really are playing. That's who's playing for us. You're going to, it's going to take some time to get, get where you want to go. And uh, I think we are getting better, but we still got a, We still got a long way to go, and we still got to get better. The problem is, is that it doesn't matter who you're playing in this league; they can beat you. Everybody thinks the league's down. We don't have the top top teams that we had last year, but the, the rest of the teams are better than they were last year. Played really well here. We got the 12, 14 point lead. We were in a good position right there, and Elijah was one for seven in the first half, one for eight. So you know he usually makes a couple of those shots, and we uh, could be in a good, really good position, but you know, they kept the game close and they fought back. And you know, BB, you know, we weren't going to guard him, and he, uh, he made, he made shots. I mean, he he hurt us second half. You know, he made two in the lane, he made the three. That, you know, then he made the last one. So we had eight of his points, I think, nine, maybe all nine, second half. So. He heard us in there. We're gonna. You gotta give something up. Welcome to the Q's Militia Podcast with those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. What's up, Q's Nation? Thanks for tuning into the Q's Militia Podcast with Sean and Joe. If you like it, please share it. The universal handle for the socials is at Q's Militia. Go there, join the militia. We are the only Syracuse sports podcast centered around giving you the fans a voice. 
rate, review, and subscribe, whatever platform you listen on. We appreciate that. Thank you to everybody who already has. Happy Sunday. Um, yes. Um, I don't know what is going on with the sound. I don't know if that's going to record like that or not, but if it does, my apologies. So I'm not doing it over again. <laughs> did, you, did you notice anything? Did you? Oh, uh, yeah, I heard a little. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Some variants? Yeah. Uh, nothing we can't work through. Come on. Okay, all right. Let's, uh, we'll uh, be okay. Yeah, happy Sunday. All right, look. Um, the Orange keep it rolling with their third win in a row. They, a 71-69 cardiac win over the Hokies. As predicted, in fact, uh, they improved to 11-7, 4-3 in the ACC. And they'll be on the road again, and um, they're going to travel to the Joyce Center for their second meeting of the year with Notre Dame Wednesday on the 22nd. We will go through all of that and let you know what to think there. I think... Um, that's another one that is kind of a redemption game, if you will. Yep. I don't think that's any question there. Um, and we're going to do all this. We're going to do fan feedback, and we're going to have all the normal festivities like we'd normally do uh, after this, after these words that I'm about to say. Again. <laughs> Again. Again. Listen. Uh, past, present, and future online betters. Look, there's only one place to go, and that is mybookie.ag. It doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer, mybookie welcomes all that come to play, so quit waiting around and sign up today. In fact, we got a little deal for you. If you don't know what's going on or what to expect, you got some questions, you think you find yourself um, you know, wondering what it's all about and you you know, you need some answers, don't worry about it. Mybookie's patient customer service team can walk you through the process, and the best part is if you Join now, they'll um, you'll still be able to receive this offer here. Log on to mybookie.ag and make your first deposit using the promo code Chair. That's C H C H A I R Chair, and mybookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart that bankroll. That's mybookie.ag. Make your first deposit by using the promo code Chair, and they will double your deposit up to a thousand bucks. Mybookie.ag. Thank you. You play, you win, you get paid. Appreciate you, my boy. Is there? Um, all right. Well, redemption in Blacksburg, man. And, um, you know, the last game, losing in the Dome uh, the way that we did. Uh, another close game, 67 to 63. Uh, this will um, this will add a um, another quad one win to the resume. And going 3-0 and so far in road games in the ACC. Syracuse's own Buddy Bayheim turns it on after a series of airball chants early. And uh, he was he was caught he was caught on TV saying he can't guard me. He what was that Couture? Yeah, he, he he said this definitely after Couture. Said that. He definitely did say that. Um, Couture well, having he's speaking a, the truth. Yeah, he was. Couture having a hard time with him. They made some adjustments, uh, but not before Buddy scored 18 points in the first half. The good, obviously, the aforementioned Buddy Bayheim. He finished with a game high 26 points. Syracuse won the rebound battle again, 35 to 33. It's pretty good, as expected. Doing you know. Should be more, I think, but I'll take it. Um, and yep. how about only turn the ball over four times to Tech seven? That's huge. Um, Tech yep. doesn't turn the ball over much, and we're kind of hit or miss with it. But uh, we mentioned in the preview that Dolajai had to play a good game, and he did. He um, he finished with a double-double, 11 points, 11 rebounds, and he is key. You heard G- uh, Coach Jim Beheim say that he's key. He is key. Um, yep. 34 points in the paint for the Orange to Virginia's 12. 
13 points for uh, for Syracuse off of seven Virginia Tech turnovers, and only three points for Tech off of Syracuse's four turnovers, as uh, we just mentioned. The bad, mm-hmm. uh, Joe Girard wasn't in rhythm in his 24 minutes he played. He went uh, three for six from the field, finished with six points. He just couldn't get it going. And 25% from three as a team for Syracuse, six for 24. If you told me that we were going to hit six threes and they hit 15, I would have thought there was no way we win that game. Um, five of those six coming from Buddy, Elijah, and Joe with a combined six points in the first half. Uh, the Hokies finished uh, 15 of 37 from behind the arc. And um, as I just mentioned, and, um, you know, why not throw in some, I mean, the officiating was a little whatever, ticky-tack here and there. That's the bad. The ugly. The last tech, 10 seconds of that game for Virginia Tech. That was ugly. Coming out of a timeout mm. like that and... And I mean, is that what they drew up or what? I, I don't know, but what that's, was that? It's a bad shot with four seconds to go, is what it is. So. Holy cow! Yeah, I mean, he had a couple extra uh, maybe seconds that was, to make something happen. I mean, Allen was hot. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, there was a couple other guys that were hot. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's what they wanted to do, and then thought shoot it early and maybe we get a chance for a, a three-point play at the but, line uh, well yeah, like, i mean or a rebound or something like that right so mm. uh but yeah i mean i just think and that really looked ugly because it was ugly as far as the shot i mean if you would have made it everyone would have been like oh yeah it wouldn't have been in the so, ugly that's for sure it would have been ugly for syracuse but yeah so. um a couple butt pucker moments coming down the stretch there <sighs> A couple times Syracuse had a chance to extend that lead late in that last minute of a play, or minute and a half, say, and they just couldn't do it. But Dolezal, I mean, the one that came through was Dolezal, in my opinion. Buddy Buddy Beheim was great, but Buddy Beheim is almost a constant great, right? The kid scores like zero points one half and comes out and scores 25 <laughs> in the second. I mean, he's always making up right. for it somewhere. Right, so um, yeah, you know, Dolzhai though, double double, that's freaking awesome, and that's what we need. That's what we talked about. Yeah, right. Yeah, totally. We, we need that constant person. Uh, we know that Joe Girard, he can get hot, but he really isn't up to the point where we can definitely, definitely know that it's coming from him. I think that we have a little bit of safety there, knowing that we're going to get probably somewhere between thirty-five to forty points between Buddy and Elijah every night. So, just. We, we got to have that third person. <clears throat> Don't know where it's going to come from. Uh, and tonight was really interesting because I think Bayheim knew coming in that we weren't going to be able to both shoot the way that we did last time, right? And it wasn't going to be able to be like that. So I think he he knew that we had to find another way to score. And you saw them early. I mean, Sidibe got the first two points. Dolzhai, he yeah. definitely played a lot more aggressive with a lot more confidence uh, and getting his double double and doing the little things that, that we needed. Another thing surprised me. He only had one personal foul. So I know that was great, and that's it's what we just, said. He right. need, he needed to play to, yep. the, to the to the last buzzer of that game, regardless. Yeah, right. And and realistically, forty minutes. Just watching these, watching. Yeah, we had three three guys uh, play forty minutes, and probably going to be a constant unless we have a situation like Boston College or maybe there's you know foul trouble or some type of injury. But. Um, the best part about this, obviously, is is watching the team being able to come back and get revenge, uh, you know, redemption, so to speak. And I'm sure you're pretty happy about it with the two Virginia teams. I'm, the, I'm so happy with it. So, I know Tech fans. I know Cavalier yeah, both, fans. And I mean, yeah. it's great. Right. It's and, a good time. And so you saw that this this time around, we we had a better game plan. We we knew what they did last time. And we did have some strengths that could kind of overcome their weaknesses. And we just made sure that we did it. Uh, not having 
a lot of turnovers, like you said, was key because it's not like we shot, what, 6 of 24 from three-point line. So yeah, not good. usually we do a little bit better than that. But because yeah. we could, because we scored in the paint and some of our big guys did some things. And uh, how about Gary Aaron on the offense or, you know, the rebounds in, in the first half when Sidibe – when he had to come out and he got an earful from Jim Beheim because he couldn't get he out couldn't to the corners. Out. But um, yeah, I mean that's. But that's, yeah, Gary Gary Ear came in and he rebounded you know his butt off for the whole you know first half. It's just too bad that he got himself in foul trouble. But uh, you're really seeing again a young team kind of coming into their own, figuring out their roles, and I think um, it's one of the better coaching jobs that this coaching staff has is is had because oh, of yeah, great point. the fact that totally. They know they know what their weaknesses are. They know what they don't have. So every single game, I mean, you saw. Remember Virginia? Well, we slouched back. We were we were daring them to shoot threes, right? We've and seen the, the game plans. Out. We've seen the game plans playing out, right? Right now, Boston College yeah. and Virginia Tech, they weren't yeah. uh, very tall teams. Both their just tallest guys are what six eight. They don't really have that uh, offense down low, and they, sh- you know, they had to shoot to beat us from the outside. So you saw a completely different zone with the four guys coming up and and really daring them to go down low and try to score. So, uh, yeah, uh, the last three games I thought have been, uh, have been greatly coached and I'm glad that the players are actually following the game plan, understanding that they need to listen to the coaches and they need to do that and adjust throughout, um, and gain some confidence in, in, in their roles for this team. And the last three games have been huge for that for us. I thought Coach was going to body slam Sadibi at one point. <laughs> that that, that one, that one three that was cone too, wasn't that cone? So upset, yeah. Yeah, in the corner, yeah. yeah. It was so upset. It was, oh my gosh, it was so bad though. It was so wide open and bad. It was just horrible. But Sadibi can't yeah. move like that, man. It's like. Yeah, that's a long that's that's a long area to cover. Man, you can't let yourself get get picked though. Oh, I know. I know. I just But I again, mean again, the the most frustrating thing is you know it's like the first 4 minutes and you know that that's all they've game planned about oh, was their whole Yeah, now Cone's you know, starting. So. That was Cone's first start by the way. His springboard, yep. his springboard to start him was the Syracuse game in the dome. The guy's been yeah. doing a great job. They he had um he had scored 15 points. I think it was against Who'd they just play? Georgia Tech? Yeah. Um, so he had 15 points there. He's been coming off the bench. Like, you know, probably or one Wake of the, Forest, one of two. Yeah, I think it was Wake Forest. But one of those, yeah. same colors. Either way, 15 <laughs> points. And um, he's been coming off the bench as probably one of the strongest bench players in the ACC since since that, eight, since that um, game in the Dome. And now he's starting. So... You know, you knew no, he was well, going to. That could have been a matchup situation with us, and that yeah, might not be something that stays because I believe he came in and started for Aline, who came in and ended up going five or six from the three point line. So uh, those two guys, they definitely, they definitely kept their them in the game. I mean, they they went nine to sixteen, I think, combined, right? So or nine to fourteen. So nine to um, fourteen, yeah, from Aline the three point line. So was actually five for six for seventeen points, and all of his, all of his, um, well, yeah, I don't. Well, hey, he reacted, right? He reacted yeah. for not starting. He came in, yeah. and, you know, so. But, yeah, I think the the main thing here um, that he kept doesn't us shoot to be like able to allow. Normally. Right. But to be able to uh, allow us to really, um, to have won this game in, in such close fashion with missing all those threes realistically was the fact that uh, we kept the turnovers down and we didn't allow them to get uh, second chance points. Like, we've seen teams kind of all year get a chance. You know, we out rebound them and um, 
didn't really get too many opportunities for some second chance points. So well, we that said, was really the, the the teams are so evenly matched that we saw in the last game. There's the team that made the fewer, fewest mistakes, and Syracuse made right. the fewest mistakes. Yeah, and and you know we just barely won it. So, um, best win of the season, Joe. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, it's tough to look at it. Obviously, like talent wise, and what people thought Virginia Tech was going to be, and who knows by the end of the season. But as far as currently right now, they they were. 34th in the net ranking. That's by far the highest that any team that we beat has had. So, yep, absolutely. And, and an away game. So, absolutely. Yeah. Yep, yep. All right. Well, it's time to hear from you. It's time to hear from you, the loud mouths from the loud house. Y'all know what to do. Go to social media after the game, hit them up. I'll propose a question to give you your thoughts. You do so. And then I read through them, or I skim through them, and I find ones that maybe catch my eye. Sometimes I don't even do that. Sometimes I don't even read them at all, and we just come up here and <laughs> wing it, which is really can't even read. not ideal <laughs> for, for me. Uh, anyway, uh, let's see. At Jeff Henley 3 on Twitter, we defend, we don't turn it over, and we can shoot. Love this team. Must get better shots down the stretch going to the rim. Um yeah, a lot of missing around the rim and stuff like that, but we're not always going to be able to be that team either. And in fact, right. um, going going to uh, Notre Dame, that's not going to be, um, you know, our objective. Yeah. We're gonna have well, to... I you never know because we do have to get those guys in foul trouble. That's true. That that's just one don't... big thing. But yeah, uh, you know, Elijah, he, he I think he missed some that he wish he could, he could get back. You know, trying to use his size and backing down some of those guards that were guarding him. Uh, on Saturday, he had some ones that just hit the front rim and, dro- and dropped down instead of instead of backing in. So um, those are ones he's normally going to get. They were they were easy on his standard uh, that he missed. But I think more to what he was talking about, it was the end end of the game. The end of the game. The reason why it was so nerve wracking, we had the lead, and it just seemed like we were trying to not run our offense and kind of milk the clock and we didn't really end up getting good shot selections the last couple possessions, which allowed them to actually come back and, and make it. Well, it, uh, it, it took, you know, a, it uh, took, you know, the whole second half. Well, what the last, maybe two minutes of the first half and the whole second half to chip away at a 16 point lead that we had. Right. Maybe yeah. it wasn't two minutes, but they narrowed it down to eight. They went on an eight Oh run to end the sec, uh, first half. And then, you know, we were up by eight. They got within one. We pull ahead a little bit, but they were chipping away, chipping away at that lead. And man, you just saw it shrinking down when it got to one. And I mean, that place got loud. Yeah. And it was yeah. just. And I would have just liked to have seen some better possessions at the end. Right. Because it was a kind of reminded me of last year with just hold the ball, hold the ball. And then it was just Elijah Hughes. And I just don't think. Yeah. And you could see it coming. They were, too. Yeah. I don't believe that those were the greatest uh, shot selections. So I, I would just like to, like, to what to to what he had said, um, we got to get in those positions in at the end of the game situations, which young teams get better at as they experience them. So uh, I would imagine, hopefully, next time uh, that we're in that position, we get better. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And 
Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash match. Just go to indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Possessions, better shots. <laughs> yep. Uh, at Malibu6900. Solid contributions by Washington who settled things down. Quincy as well. I think they were getting a little tired but hung on for a great road win. Yeah, Washington just goes in there like, um, I don't know, the Zen master. And <laughs> freaking, you know, just con- cool as a cucumber, you know, kind of directing traffic. <laughs> And and just yeah. and just I mean he does a fantastic job I think I think um, he was plus sixteen or something when when he was out there so if I'm not mistaken that's when yeah. they went when they went on that run 
um, in the first half. Yeah, early. So, yeah, yeah, yep. So, um, in, but you know, we saw a good. We saw the other, you know, the other coach there uh, make some good adjustments when he did come in in the second half for Joe. You saw Joe; he had made some plays that aren't like himself. You know, the ball going through his hands. I think mm-hmm. he had an errant shot there after him and uh, Beatty got into a little shoving match, so to speak. And well, I think Beatty uh, was think, trying to hold him up actually, but he didn't like it. No, I don't, I don't blame him. Right? Yeah, yeah. But and then he took a bad shot after that. So I just don't think that Joe was really happy with himself, and he kind of has to learn to kind of let those plays go, but Howard Washington, he came in, and like you said, sure into the ball, played well, but as you saw in the second half, they made a defensive adjustment to basically, if Howard Washington is going to be out there, leave him open, and then one time he was out there wide open on the baseline, mm. and that's not the shot that we want, that's a shot that they want us to take, not yeah. us, and yeah. Howard Washington, to what Jim Beheim said in post-conference, or uh, yeah, the post-conference, uh, that, um, that that's what they wanted, and he says we don't want that. So he's gonna have to, you know, he dribble said, it somewhere, try to. Yeah. So that's why they had to end up putting Joe back in. So Howard Washington, he can, um, he can do things like that. But again, that's just kind of another reason why uh, he's limited. Unless he adds a piece of that game where he can hit those open jumpers, I then, was just gonna say that um, if he could hit shots, is it totally? It's another dynamic to the game, right. just completely. But. He just doesn't hit a lot of shots. What was he, one for four or something like that? So, um, yeah, he can distribute the ball. He can play good defense. But when yeah. the other defense but they know is he's smart enough shoot. to kind of make him beat you on offense, then, yeah, then at some point there you got to make the change. Right, exactly. Um, at Logan Wagner 2 on Twitter, over, overcame some questionable calls. Buddy Buckets is going to be the best shooter we've ever had. Um I, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I think Kenny mm. Gerard are so good, but you're looking at chasing Jerry McNamara, basically, right? That's oh yeah. You know, to dethrone him, I don't know. But those are both four year players, I mean, so there's a shot. The way, yes, exactly. And the way you want to look at it, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, so maybe this could be a little some homework for the next podcast. But yeah. we'd have to put Buddy and Jerry McNamara's freshman year up to up yeah you mirrored, know next mirrored, to each other because. Yeah. Because Jerry played a lot. He was, you know, starting point guard on a national championship team. Right. So. Yeah. Um, some of the calls, I thought, first off, I think um, there there was a, there was a, was it, oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm all of a sudden I'm, I'm drawing a blank, but I'm mixing games together. I was thinking about that charge, but it was a lean in. That was the last game. Yeah, I just didn't but, really, I don't really think this game was called that bad, to be perfectly honest with you. It wasn't. It wasn't terrible, but I think there was there was some things. Buddy was hit on a on a on a shot that fell short, just barely touched the net. Um, I believe his arm was hit. You saw a coach yeah. complaining about it and stuff like that. Oh, there's always gonna be stuff like that, but yeah. You know, I mean, you know I thought there I might have been some some weak over the back calls, but I'm uh, uh, I don't on Sadibi because he just hangs over top of people. I thought there was a week. I thought there was a weak one on Sadibi, but I also thought there was a weak one on Guerrier as well. So okay. Um, as far as as far as the uh, the broadcast went, I thought the broadcast was good, and I didn't get their names. I don't know who they were. I forget. Um, but the broadcast was actually pretty good. I saw people complaining about the broadcast, but I didn't. I thought no, it was okay. Joe Joe didn't like it. He didn't. He didn't. What did Joe, he like Joe about Pasek? it? Yeah. Well, he had a comment on Facebook. Oh, did he? Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Maybe that's where I saw the complaint. 
I didn't think it was horrible. Uh, at Cuse Waterboy on Twitter, Buddy Buckets is the hottest shooter in the Milky Way galaxy. Gary A. in Washington provided some much-needed help off the bench. Dolly, his usual scrappy self and Hughes clutch down the stretch. Um, don't ever doubt the orange because that's when we get fire, baby. Let's effing go. Um, <laughs> All right. Fired up. <laughs> yeah. Fired up. It was a great game to be fired up about, too. Yesterday was a really good day for Syracuse fans with, I think, UConn lost, Georgetown lost, Duke lost, and we beat Virginia <laughs> Tech at home. That's a great day right there for a college, for a Syracuse college basketball fan. So, yeah, that's um, true. Robert on Facebook, not a top fan, but we'll read it anyway. Uh, was nice to see them not fold under the second half run. Exact that is key because we've seen right. that before. Uh, we've seen that oh, this yeah. year. Uh, Gary is going to be a beast. Um, well, you know we think so. We think so. But like I said, man, it's like you know, twenty four minutes, four fouls. Like you got to clean that up, Joe. You, oh, th- right. you think maybe there was a bad foul in there, whatever, whatever. But still, I mean. Uh, like Coach said in the post-game press conference, he plays a whole game. He's not going to be able to play a whole game. He can't play a whole game. No. He, well, no. And the whole thing as well with that is that if he plays a whole game, then that means that Dolzhai plays a whole hell of a lot at center. And, again, there's certain games where as much as City B frustrates everybody all the way down to the coaching staff and probably his own teammates at this point, they are, you see him just telling them throughout the game. like yeah. They're literally they're pointing at the free throw line. Hey, and they're pointing to their heads like, heads. look, hands pay up. attention. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, so but we need him because of his height and we need him Dole's to start. Play, frankly, Dole's we need, I can't play center for forty minutes, right? No, he can't, so right. that's essentially where it's. I mean, Gary, it could be a situation against smaller teams where we could go that route, but I think that he understands that we need Sidibe's height, and that's why we just we can't give up on him because no one else is going to come and save us. And uh, John Boljak is redshirted, and, and Jesse Edwards is. Um, I just don't think he's ready enough. for the big show, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's really what it, what it comes down to. It's just so, unfortunate. I, I mean, thought- at some point, someone's got to create an, like some type of apparatus or some type of device where you can kind of just put it around Sadibi's arms and like force him to hold so his arms like straight down? up in the air so he can't put him down. Let's just do like just- uh, like uh, the dude from Police Academy. Remember when he got sunburned or whatever? You remember that? Yeah. He had his arms in the or cast. Or just pretend you're doing a Y in YMCA. Just kind of <laughs> just, just put him in a you cast. You know what I mean? Like put him in a cast and stick him out on the court. Okay, and he can only jump straight up. I don't know, but you know he's out there. Honestly, he's out there to to start. And, and Joe, like you say, he's going to start because he's the tallest guy. But um, he's also going to just give that bumper to um, Gary A. in in Dolajai on those fouls. I mean, it's a little bit of a bumper, you know, and how, if right. the longer he, the better he does to start, the better for us just in general for yeah. the, for the rest of the he game. He makes some so, good plays, right? He had a block. He can rebound. <laughs> I mean, I think Dolajai actually just passed him as far as the leading rebounder, as far as average per game. Well, but. um, he, when, okay, I don't know. I, know. I, I don't know, man. I don't. I don't know. He does. Does he do stuff sometimes? Yeah. I mean, he's playing college basketball. 
me. He's a scholarship player. Do stuff sometimes? Yeah. I get it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. Dominic on Facebook, uh, a win with a slow start from Hughes and and Buddy as hot as a 69 GTO. This team just gets better week to week, even with Sadibi getting put in timeout by coach in the first half. Yeah, um, they are getting better, but um, there's just Sadibi. And we just talked about it. Sidibe is not getting better. And I guess that's that's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. It's all, that's no. my point. But I, there's there's, no, also, there's again, no progress with Sidibe. It's tough to gauge some of these teams we're playing, too, because some of these teams, like we talked we, about in earlier and before in podcasts, it, like, they do have weaknesses that we can take advantage of. Uh, and not every team that we play against, i.e. the next team we play against, really has a lot of weaknesses. Right. Right. That right. we can kind of make one demand or the zone look like either Virginia or what it was against Virginia Tech. Two totally different two to three zones based upon their weaknesses. Totally. Right. Uh, and with Notre Dame, we can't really do that. So Exactly. Exactly. Exactly why you need the Sidibe down low to do good to do more. That's exactly why. Notre Dame. It's a perfect example. Uh Steven. On Facebook, good solid win. Quincy had some good minutes, and if Brahma wants to have James Arthur not scream at him so much, hustling back on defense would be a good start. Yeah, he's not a hustler. Okay, he just doesn't hustle. So that's it. Uh, Chris on Facebook, uh, Coach Beheim can still coach. The haters can keep running their mouths all they want. Have a little faith and patience. The wheels are turning. You know, coach always, and it's always, it's just cyclical when Syracuse does bad or when any, you could say, probably say this with any team almost, but he, what was his, he was doing the best he could with what he had. And, and he said straight up, look, this is not going to click anytime soon, guys. You know, I said 10 games at the beginning of the year. Now I'm thinking maybe 15 or 20 after I've seen him play. He basically said that in the beginning of the year, right? So, yeah. um, in in I feel like the game plans have been great in these three wins. They've been awesome. Mm-hmm. I think it's been great coaching. I think the the way that he's he um Joe was having issues and he put Howard in in the first half. We talked about it. I think it was brilliant. Right. It helped tremendously. I mean, we might not win that game without that one move. If you just leave Joe yeah. out there and be like, oh well, hopefully he heats up. No, he made that's a risky that's a risky call to make in the first well, half yeah. of a game like that. No, because so, he's proven that he just does just keep Joe in sometimes. Right? So maybe that's you know, he worked Joe up to this point and he got hot, he went a little run, and there was a couple games where Joe was right up there in the high thirties, thirty plus minutes just with everybody else, right? And yeah. there's probably some times earlier in the season when Joe kind of made some mistakes and he probably should have taken him out and didn't. And whether that how whether that's because Howard Washington was maybe nursing a knee injury or whatnot, then that's one thing. But um Howard Washington coming in now he's I think like you said, to your point, now he's understanding maybe how he's got to coach. And that's another thing too that happens. He's to learning coaches. too. And you yeah, have so yeah. many young you're you're learning how to coach yeah, the kid, right? Totally. So maybe now he sees when Joe when he needs to take Joe out. He sees the body language or he sees something and he knows he needs to take Joe out. And he's talking about it in, in his presser um, about yeah. Bryson Goodine looking a little bit better in uh, practice as well. So that's another option, right? So that's another yeah. kind of 
player that might seem to have gotten better and maybe he's ready to come in and contribute. So we'll see. Yeah. And you could see Joe was struggling a little bit. He wasn't taking a lot of shots. I mean, you know, um, to, to the back to the, the, the point though, that he's making about coach. I think it's just really tough to judge anything that early in the season. Cause let's be honest, dude, last year wasn't great. And we had an easier non-conference schedule. Like this was a tough non-conference schedule with the two yeah. with the two conference games added. So I mean yep. during that time. So I mean I think he's been great. I think you got to be uh, criminally insane to uh, you know want him out of here at this point. I don't think anybody could do. Um, is good well, again job. though, there's a lot of fans that have been waiting to see something like these last three games too, right? Yeah, up to but, that he, point, but he said maybe they 15, did have a reason, games. right? So yeah, well, yeah, True. but. We're right about there, though. A lot of coaches, a lot of coaches, you know, say that when they're struggling. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But here to this point, a bit. I mean, might as well just do this one real quick. Uh, last one, Kevin on Facebook. Every year, the players get used to each other as the season goes on, and how they get better and better. That's how Bayheim's forte has been his whole career. So yeah, it's not, we're not getting a ton of blue chips. He gets what he gets, and we work with what we got, and he brings them up. And to your point before that you've mentioned on the show before was that though we're just feeling the burn of those scholarships and not being able to build a team up and not being able to have right. the reserves on the bench to bring them up to be seniors this year. Um, we just haven't been able to have that depth to, to build those teams because of that. No, yeah, so. and that's and that's not just, you know, there's a lot of fans that maybe I'm not going to – I don't want to speak for everybody because I'm sure there's some fans out there that do watch a lot of college basketball, <clears throat> but – it's probably not too many fans that like follow other teams and that's every team every year. That's not just us. It's not just this. Oh, it's Jim Beheim. I mean, obviously the coaches have some what to do with how the players get better as the season goes along. But usually that's really what it is, is you have new teams with new players and you're playing against new teams with new players. So you have to be able to game plan for and scout and watch film to try to put up the game plan to, to make it work. So again, I think you want to start calling for someone's head a bad coach and when they get fired is when it gets tough in the beginning of the season and through the middle of the season and then their team regresses. Right. There's not too many times that we've seen that, right? So right, as long right, as your right. team's progressing in an upward right. motion, to some extent. Then I, I think then that has something to do right. with coaching because right. the coaching is building this team up. You want to talk about a bad coach, talk about a coach that keeps losing because his team's not getting better. Then they lose their team and their team doesn't trust their coach. They don't want to listen to the game plan and they don't want to make the adjustments and they're just out there playing their own little thing. So let's let's just just to just as a comparison and I'm not dogging this coach at all because he's brilliant and I think obviously he's great. But UVA has not gotten much better since the beginning of the year. We talked about it after in the postgame when we played him and in the preview when we talked about going to play him. They haven't gotten much better. They really haven't. So I mean, let's let's let's. I mean, in comparison, same type of situation, yeah. same type of situation. Lost a lot of guys, young team, you know. Um, so you know, this team is 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 hot right now. They're hot right now, and you know, we'll continue. I don't know, but these past three games was the ex- exactly what they needed for. I mean, um, coach talked about confidence. How's your confidence in your team? Well, obviously they got confidence. They play like they have confidence. And there's no, you know what I'm saying, Joe? I mean, oh, yeah. they got confidence. They knew, they know yeah, they can go out and win. Right. I mean, we're 3-0 on the road 
in the ACC. Right. So, so far, Virginia's beaten us at home. Virginia Tech's beaten us at home. Notre Dame's beaten us at home. And we've gotten revenge on two out of the three. And with the next one in our in our sights, hopefully they can right. take that. You know we're going to be confident. There's no reason not to be. That's right. Speaking of the next one in our sights, Joe, Syracuse is back on the road Wednesday to face Notre Dame for the second time this year. We all remember being down by forward Gerard hitting the three at the buzzer, but he couldn't get the and one call. Syracuse lost 88-87. to John Moody would have the best game of the season so far on that night in the Dome, scoring 28 points and 14 rebounds. Coming into this game, Mooney is still leading his team in points with 15.4 and rebounds with 13.9. Both of those averages are up slightly from our last meeting a couple games ago. Um, your outside shooters remain the same. Now you got TJ Gibbs shooting 40.7% from behind the arc and Prentice Hub shooting an even 37 from behind the arc and they take a ton of them. They take a ton of shots. Uh, Notre Dame mm-hmm will have a week to prepare for SU. Uh, they had not did not play a game since last Wednesday. So um, combine that with Syracuse being the road team, and that, to, in my opinion, Joe, that's a huge advantage for Notre Dame, getting to stay home a week while we're on the road twice in that span. So, Yeah, well, sometimes it isn't, sometimes it isn't. Sometimes, uh, sometimes people keep talk it rolling, about- yeah. They say that uh, sometimes it doesn't help. Just sometimes with that much time away from the, the game, then sometimes it takes a little while to get back into it. But, uh, you know, they're going to be ready. They're they're a solid team. They're a good coach team. They've been in pretty much dogfights, win or lose, throughout the whole season. And this is uh, a team that's going to give us fits because, like we talked about, we can't just – we can't pop out and make our zone look like the – a 4-1 or a 3-2 at times to try to stop their three-point shooters because they have the likes of John Mooney and and Juwan Durham that uh, can score down low and do some things that won't allow that to happen. So uh, we're going to fall back to the traditional zone where it's going to look more like Virginia, but our guards are going to have to cover more ground. Uh, It's going to be tough because in these types of situations, a lot of times we allow that corner or the up top, uh, a three-point shot. Uh, TJ Gibbs and Prentice Hub killed us <laughs> last time when we played them. Uh, and they've kind of, especially Prentice Hub, he's been hot ever since. He scored 24 against, um, I think I'll be at a loss against uh, NC State after we played them. He scored 24. Then they went and they played Louisville and lost. Uh, he didn't have such a great game. Louisville's a good team. It's understandable. And then they just beat Georgia Tech at Georgia Tech by four, and he had 25. So Prentice Hub is a guy that obviously we have to worry about. Uh, TJ Gibbs looks like he gets in, in you know 14 to 16 points every single game, and John Mooney is still doing his double-double stuff. So John Mooney's going to be John Mooney. I don't believe there's anything we can do unless we get a little bit of help from the refs and we get him in foul trouble. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. We got Joan Durham in foul trouble, too. Uh, I think we struggled with the boards and, and allowing second chance points and offensive rebounds and stuff like that when he was in there. Uh, so when you really saw us get back in that game and even have a chance, it was because we fouled out uh, Juwan Durham. So yep. it's going to be um, tough as long as Juwan Durham's in there. Sadibi has to be in there. Mooney. Hub and Gibbs combined for 71 of their 88 points in the last outing against Syracuse. So yeah. um, that was you, the main, th- those are the main guys. Gibbs hit him early 
And then Prentice Hud pretty much hit him throughout, and John Mooney stayed pretty much solid. So uh, I know that Rex Fluger also, he got hurt halfway through the game when we played them as well. He didn't play the next game against NC State, but um, they pretty much are running with the same. I mean, this, like we said, they six six eleven Juwan Durham, six ten John Mooney, or they're they're starting forwards, and they went back to Fluger in the starting lineup with with Hub and with um, TJ Gibbs, and they have uh, Lazuski and Dane Goodwin coming off the bench, um, who can you know do pretty well fill in with those for those guys, uh, give them some some time on the bench to get some minutes, get some rest. But that's pretty much the seven deep that they go, and that's who we're going to see, and um, we're going to have to bring our confidence. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. In, in, uh, uh, hostile territory, Bend, sure. you're not going to stop John Mooney. You can only hope to contain him, as the old pretty adage much. goes. I mean, if we can contain him, I will be happy. But you've got Prentice Hub, who's just – he can destroy us. And, and TJ Gibbs, he's second – on the team in scoring um, right behind Mooney. So, I mean, those are your top three scores. Average per game is, is those three anyway, but yeah. uh, give me, give me a, one of Joe G's points. Give me one of, one of Joe G's. Points. God, why do you always got to put me on the spot? <laughs> you know, you know, you know what I'm going to do every well, single well, time. I know one is rebounding and, and our goal, just so you know, our goal when we first started doing um, the 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 posts for the scouting report and prediction thing, Syracuse was below two hundred in the nation in rebounding. They got up to even two hundred uh, going into going into the Virginia Tech game. They were up to like one eighty four. We want to see them get to one fifty ish. Okay, that's our first goal. Um, so and they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna move up again. They have been getting better, but these are the games we had. We had a lot of these type games, a lot of these big strong guys down low type games earlier in the season, and that's how we got so far behind because we were getting killed. We were getting killed. So um, and yeah. actually, we and only got recently a- we've actually played some teams that we match up a little bit better than with. So yeah, they only they only out rebounded us by three the last time around. Believe it or not, even uh, thirty nine to thirty six. And that's with um, J- John Mooney having 14 of his own in uh, Durham with 10 of his own. So, those- yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Looking at, um, you know, I always like to look at the analytics and everything. Looking at Ken Palm, looking at uh, the net rankings. Net rankings, we jumped um, up from 77 to 69. And they, I believe, are at 74 right now. And. When you look at Ken Palm, I believe we're both like right there in the 52s. So when you look at these um, analytics and rankings, they have uh, us in Notre Dame is uh, very, very similar uh, teams. So, again, it's just going to be tough because we're going to have to try to make somebody else beat us. That's probably one of mine is making somebody else other than the Gibbs and the Hubs out front. There's a lot of guys movie, to, get, right? to take care of. Well, there's definitely a lot of guys to take care of, right? But you know exactly. First off, TJ Gibbs and Prentice Hub, one of the things that I noticed the first time we played him, Prentice Hub, to me, it seemed like he made every single three from the same spot. So find those spots, right? Uh, right there at the corner is a top corner. Uh, sometimes pretty deep. TJ Gibbs, same thing. Um, it was the right side corner. Hub's is left side corner. And they a lot of the ones they made were from those spots. So uh, key obviously keep those guys off those spots you know let them try to make three pointers somewhere else but it's tough because if you go out there too too high then you make it too easy for Mooney to get the ball at the free throw line 
And then it's Mooney time in which, what do you do? Do you let him just get that open jumper at the free throw line? Yeah. Do you let him, do you, do you come up and then he passes it down to Durham for an easy dunk? Uh, it's going to be one of those things where we're going to have to give something up. And I'm, I'm afraid that it's probably going to be that corner three to a uh, Goodwin or a Lazuski or a Fluger or somebody that, that we, you got to make somebody else beat us. So just like what Virginia tech did to us when we had Howard Washington on the floor, we're going to kind of have to do that um, next week because if they move the ball the way that they normally do them being a seasoned team, they've already seen us once this year and uh, we know they're, they're known scores. Um, they're, they're, those guys are going to get, get open and they'll get wide open shots. It's just, who do you want the shots to go to? Yep. And you know, the, the thing is, is we know who they are. And we know what we need to do. So Syracuse needs to go in there. And I hope it's not an 88-87 shootout. That's a lot of points. Um, but I mean, you have to remember, we both shot, what, like 48%, around 50% last time that we played. We both shot so 48.4% from, from three yeah, points. And we both hit 15, 15 threes, I believe, right? We both hit 15 threes. We were both 15 right. for From the beginning, run. right? Team Mike Bray said whoever hits more, the most threes wins, right? Right. Yeah. So that's what kind of makes me nervous because... That's their game plan um, coming into this game. <laughs> well, that's their game plan coming in, and you know that we're not going to really – it's not going to be easy pickings trying to score down low like we did a little bit against Boston College and a little bit against Virginia Tech. So. But don't you think, though – I mean, and you're right, and I understand that. It's totally, totally right. But we have gained some experience in trying to do so. Sometimes when you get that little bit of different competition and you do – you do. Buddy has been great. Buddy's been do, doing a fantastic job of driving to the rim, even if he gets a little mid-range jumper in there. You know, a turnaround jumper. Right. He's good at that, and he's worked on right. that. Like they've been working on him with that. So you kind of need yeah. you need one of your guards to kind of step up and do that type of work. So who knows? I mean, who who yeah. knows? I mean, maybe I know. Have they improved enough to make a difference from from the first time we played Notre Dame? I don't know, but he's definitely gotten a good amount of practice at doing so in live game action. So, anyway, yeah, and we've For seen some worth. other people. I mean, we've seen Garrier step up. I think I believe Garrier came in and got in foul trouble real quick against Notre Dame. So, yeah, it was like three and thirty seconds or something like that. All right. I mean, it's yeah. uh, we'll see, man. But yeah. again, it's gonna be it's gonna be another cardiac cues. I love the meme that you posted. It's pretty much um, spot on <laughs> yeah, with with the heart. I was watching, I was yeah. I couldn't sit down. I was losing it. No, oh, yeah, I can't stand. Yeah. And then all the timeouts and everything. It makes it it, get, it does help yeah. me a little bit. It helps me a little bit. But then again, it just is that moment of. The anticipation, the anxiety of going back and what's going to happen, and when <laughs> when Noli threw up that shot, I was like, "Nope, he's no way. If he makes that, I'll sh myself." But he didn't, and um, you know, well, it was just right. an awful shot. Just, it was terrible. You got to hope for, right? Yeah, no, it was bad, and we are so glad for that. So, <laughs> uh, get ready. Yeah, Wednesday night, seven o'clock, ESPN two should be an easy game to find, considering that we've seen. On social media, that there's been some some local fans that have had issues trying to find the games and watch them, but uh, yeah, what what's up with that spectrum? That I don't spectrum? know. It was some yeah. Well, because the thing is, is so if it says ACC Network or ACC Network Extra or this, there's a lot of people that you you know. Oh well, I can get ESPN Plus or I pay for so I can stream it. 
problem is is that if they play it on local on local cable, then it ends up it getting blacked out, out in your area. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So on my like the same thing down here, I have Spectrum and it said ACC Network Extra. I went to my ESPN app, said blacked out, and that was because it was on I think like CBS South or some some random station down here that I just happened to have. So my game I was on it, my so. game was on ACC Network Extra, but it was Yes. It was the Yes Network. Mm-hmm. And that was the same situation up up in New York. Is that it was on the Yes Network? So because it was on the Yes Network, then it got blacked out. But yet, if you stream like Anthony or Tony, and you have Sling, oh right, or something right. like that, yeah. and you don't have Yes in your package, which most people probably don't, especially if right. you're not a Yankees fan, right? Then or you don't like watching baseball, then right. you're not going to get it. Yeah. So it's, it seems pretty, it's pretty seems, crappy, right? It seems, yeah, no. And, and this, uh, I don't want to go on a tangent about it, but this has been the problem with the ACC network. They haven't been a yeah. network. They've been, this, they've been all in, on all different channels. So tell yeah. me how that's a network. I have no idea. It's, right. it's if you're going to be a network, then why can't we just not, why do we have to get ESPN? Or if it's a network. Have and it's a package like the ESPN network has got ESPN, ESPN two, ESPN U, and have the, a, have the ACC network app, and you pay a five dollars or whatever, and Something. then you get to watch every single game that you can stream. It's annoying because, like you yeah. said, yeah, there's been a lot of people that I've, I've noticed more than probably any of the the past seasons. There's been a lot of local people that have had issues watching the the most simple games because of the ACC network. You should never. There should be never be a conference game. This late in the season, that just isn't on. A, a, it should be easy to find. Put it that way. Especially locally. Especially locally, absolutely. So anyway, um, I could go on for probably about another hour about the network stuff. Yeah. But I'll save it. Yeah. We don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to thank everybody who participated in fan feedback. Thank you to all of you for listening. Rate, review, subscribe, whatever platform you listen on. We really appreciate all that. Um, thank you to my bookie. Go there now. Mybookie.ag. Uh, sign up using the promo code chair the double your deposit dollar for dollar up to a thousand bucks thanks to james on guitar for joe i'm sean we're out thanks for listening to the q's militia podcast the fan's voice with sean and joe